Welcome, everybody, to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. A new chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. And then, who fucked who? (laughs) (laughs) Something good for ya. Guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. And I'm one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and we did take last week off because, damn it, we still haven't gotten this recording shit figured out, but we've got Captain Nunn with us today. Man, how many uh, weeks are there in a year? 52? And this is number four. You're throwing out math at me, boy, and I know you don't know. This is not going to start the episode sure it's good. 52 <laughs> weeks in a year. And we've done 40 episodes. That's pretty good. Okay, there you go. <laughs> when we had any, well, are you including Fifth Man Radio with that? Oh, hell no. So we've done a <laughs> oh, lot. Oh, hell no. <laughs> uh, definitely uh, 40 episodes of something good for you. So 52 weeks uh, in a year, and it hadn't been a year yet, so I think that's pretty good. It's coming up, though. We actually need to figure out when the year is. I'm pretty sure it was September. Shit, it is coming up close. Holy shit. And, <laughs> and it took us a damn year to get these fine gentlemen in here. Now, real quick, because you keep changing this shit on Facebook, is it Mick? Mike? What is your fucking name? <laughs> it's, it's, we were actually talking about that beforehand. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to fuck this up, but I'm just going to use it as the episode. What the fuck is your name, officially? I, I, figured, I knew this was going to come up. I figured I would, I would clear the air here. It is, it's Mike. It's, okay. it's, it's, okay. it's, it's Mike, Mike okay. Phillips, but okay. um, I do answer to Mick. So, and I don't correct people because it's my fault that it's that way. So, so, A lot of cool mix. So, so on your ID, is it K-E or M-I-K? Um, it's M-I-K-E. Okay. On, my, on my ID, it's actually Michael. Oh, but, oh you know, it's, gotcha. Yeah, it's gotcha. I changed it to, it was an accident the first time I did it. And then Mike Benson from Trash Room did it kind of as a joke because oh, I had did it. And okay. I was stuck with it for two, like two months on Facebook. They wouldn't let you change it back. Right. And so Mike <laughs> okay. Benson did it as a joke. And so when I switched mine back um, for a little while, I started working for the school system for a little bit. And I thought there's a way I need to kind of keep myself a little yes. bit more incognito. Mm-hmm. Like a, taking the E off is going to really keep kids from fun. I mean, the kids are smart these days. But right. it, was, it was the easiest way for me to do it and still be recognized by people that I know. So. Cool. So now I've, because I've always avoided that too. I've always been like, hey, it's you. Because I've never known. I'm like, I don't want to make an ass of myself. But, and now I don't work for the school system anymore, so it doesn't matter. But I, I just haven't getting... changed it back yet. Hey, but, it, but it's part of name. who you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got Mike Phillips and... And Eric Huskins of the Van Huskins. So welcome, Eric. And that gets you a formal introduction. Oh, thanks for having me. Yes, yes. Uh, guitar and bassist. And I would definitely have to say, uh, holy shit, with this new record, some of the coolest riffage I've heard in a while. Because one, the very first thing, I was telling Mike this at the uh, CD release party y'all did uh, two weeks ago now at mm. Tommy's? Last, last week. Was it last, last weekend, week? yeah. Two weeks by the time this comes out. Um you started the set with the last song that's on the record oh, and yeah. that stuck with me the entire time because i was that like holy ripped, shit dude. and that was the perfect little intro to the whole thing and i definitely want to uh we're gonna actually play that one right now
<laughs> and that's why we wanted to play it right now because I love that riffage in the song. And um, I definitely think that one, and for the simple fact of it gets stuck in your head and it's hilarious, don't give a rat's ass. That too. has to be one of the most. It reminded me of almost like the um, now I want to sniff some glue kind oh, of yeah, aspect yeah. of like yeah. simplistic lyrics get stuck yeah, in your head. Call. <laughs> and I wanted to make sure I could put some parentheses in there. <laughs> well, you've got parentheses. The only thing you're in some exclamation points. You've got some numbers. Where's the umlauts? <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't. We didn't think about it. <laughs> Can you put a, we are definitely missing yeah, you gotta put some over like a the U. consonant just to be an asshole. Ben, <laughs> and actually, Ben Ben did mention the umlauts over the U at one point. But Eric kind of shot it down. I'm surprised y'all didn't do the Van Halen uh, VH with the uh, bars. I'm sure that's low hanging fruit too. Yeah, exactly. I've avoided that, that on purpose. I, I've I've done a couple of things with Van Halen um, with with Photoshop, but not the logo. I just right. that That'd be a little too on the nose, yeah, wouldn't just, it? Uh, just one to two. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Van Halen, but... Oh, I, I love Van Halen. That's, uh, yeah. Hey, I love Van Halen. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. But. Mine too. Yeah, that's, that's where you start losing me. That's why I looked away when I said that. I was like, I'll look at this guy over here. We'll do Van Halen Corner for about an hour. That's fine, Eric. You like Kiss, don't you? I'm a, I'm a, so I'm a uh, Fairweather Kiss fan. Oh, gotcha. I can accept that. It'll be two days. It'll be the Kiss. I'll, I'll, I can run with the Fairweather. I can still rock with that before Van Halen. No, David Lee Roth has been saying some wild shit still on his podcast. <laughs> I'm still surprised that's going. Hey, he just kind of does whatever the hell he wants. He was. Have you checked it out? At I all? haven't listened to that podcast. I did hear him on the Joe Rogan podcast. It, it's, I, it, it's just the uh, yeah. If you listen to Joe Rogan podcast, it's the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I definitely got to check it out. I just don't. I haven't made the time to yet. Uh, you I mean it's. It, it works if you're a Van Halen fan. If you're a yeah. casual fan, it's like, what is this guy on, and how do I get a hold of it? That's, that's <laughs> what I love about David. Roth. That's what I love about it. He said a quote. But on, I also know that's what's annoying about him to a lot. Of oh, people. exactly. He had a quote on the other day where he just says, "I'm going to be straightforward. I was sexually sexually inappropriate with the entire generation, <laughs> but they paid me to do it, and they asked me to come back." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my god, oh, David. <laughs> He's just, he's a showman, you know? Oh, yeah, he's like the Ric Flair of rock and roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that's the Ric Flair of rock yeah. and roll. I like that. <laughs> just talk shit. <laughs> so, uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Uh, recorded with John Bowman of the War Boys. Yes. Uh, released through Mr. School Records. Fucking amazing. Born Heist has also had their newest release through there. Yep. Um, so, tell us a little bit about the recording process on this. Because, uh, first time working with Bowman. Uh, how was that different from working with maybe different studios and yeah, like Hamby and all that? Well, with um, yeah, we've recorded with Brandon Hamby mm -hmm. um, at Dead Peasant Studio up in Elkin. With and the uh, last they've done releases. some uh, DSR stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, trash yeah, room. Trash room. That's the yeah. yeah. Um, and we worked, we worked with him the first two times. Uh, John approached us last year about wanting to record with us, and um, we kind of had to put it on hold for a little while because he had life happening with the with the kid on the way right and then in march we got together we recorded it my brother let me use his house to record in his basement set up he's got a finished room that's like a band room and then a couple other rooms we so we could separate the amps well, that's all you need recorded it all live um all within a day just nice. daytime recorded the vocals the next day 
uh, it was really nice. I mean, you came with came with some surprises once went to go mix it mm-hmm. because using a foreign room. But, right, um, of course. It it was it was a lot of fun. We had so much fun that weekend. Um, all those songs in a day, though. How long did, did that take? That's a lot of songs. Yeah, because I because I did I know that you know most of them are about you know two minutes long, but. Um, uh, Red Greed, that's close to five minutes long. Yeah. So that so that was still a pretty decent one to, and we know we've got some longer stuff on this new record. The longer ones are always the challenge because mm-hmm. it's like you've just got to nail it. Mm-hmm. The little one and a half minute songs, it's like cool. You know, yeah. even if we fuck it up, it's one and a half minutes. Let's fucking do it again. You get three minutes into this five minute song and you maybe don't want to do a punch in because you're just feeling the groove and it's like, yeah. fuck, yeah. we got to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, we started with The Genius. That's the first one we recorded. Uh, we did it in one take, liked it, said we'll come back to it, maybe re-record it again later, but let's just go ahead and move on to the next one. And sorry, not to interrupt you. Do you go through a process of like, what's the first song you're going to record? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because well, I was going to say, we always do that. And we thought yeah. we were weird for that. What kind of sets that tone of the first song you want to pick to record? We knew this that song was the one we were going to put on the album first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one that we just love playing. Right. We feel like it showcases a good range of our sound within mm-hmm. one song. Got it. I mean, everything from like just straightforward punk rock, sort of motorhead type mm-hmm. uh, sound to a little bit of a little Black Sabbath in the middle there. Oh yeah, that was the thing I noticed throughout the entire record is that there is. That's why I said some of my favorite riffages I've heard lately is I hear all of that stuff. Caps calling out ACDCs and some things. Yeah. And you're right about the Sabbath too. I definitely heard that on a couple tracks. Cool. So it, it just it was one there. that we we felt like would set the tone for the record as a whole when people listen to it. So mm-hmm. we wanted to set the tone for the day. Excellent. And we just felt like it's one that we were most comfortable with. So we went in and knocked it out. Did not re-record it. Oh, so that was still the very first take. Yeah, once we finished everything, we went back and listened to it and said, let's keep it. Excellent. Nice. I, I love those sort of things. And I've also liked situations where you fuck up, yeah. but then you listen back to it and you go, well, that's part of the song now. Well, when you when you record that many songs, you record them live and you try to do it in that, that short of time. If we'd, have, if we'd have done half as many songs, took twice as much time, we probably could have came out with everything being a little bit more perfect. But the mistakes that are there... Ultimately, they're, they're a part of the song now. I, I, mm-hmm. I like them, you know, it's, and, and there's nothing that bad. It's, oh, absolutely. Yeah, nobody's going to hear it but me. <laughs> oh, I know. There, there's definitely parts of our songs in the past, like a, a drummer is about to go in too soon for a fill, so instead he just kind of does a little shuffle and then, you know, uh, and then this does the fill. People think we wrote that as part of the song. No. And it's like, no, he <laughs> fucked up. But then we listened back to it and went, you know, you're still in time, and that sounds pretty cool. We're keeping it. Oh, and now <laughs> you like, can't hear the song without it. Yeah, and, and then the new drummer's listening to it. They're like, what the hell is he doing? I'm like, we don't know. <laughs> he doesn't know either. Yeah. <laughs> he had to relearn it. <laughs> was there any song on here? And, and and if you don't want to talk about that, that's fine. But is there any song on here that you were like, this is going to be a fucking breeze? But as soon as you went in there, you're like, why the fuck can we not get this song <laughs> Two down? hours later. <laughs> I think... Really, most of the songs came pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like it's just when we went back to do like vocals on it. That's kind of when it toward the end of the day because we did the first day. We just did all all three of us played and recorded, and then I went back and did some uh, guitar overdubs, and and then the next day when we you know we spent too much time we were screwing around a little bit. Yeah, and just you know he's. My, Ben's my brother, so I don't like really have a lot of patience for him sometimes, <laughs> like I do for other people. But, I hear you. And so we were kind of getting snippy with each other a little bit. But yep. 
it's easy to get carried away in a studio like that. Uh, I'll go up in uh, for a session or whatever, and then we'll just like bullshit for about an hour, hour and a half or something like that before we get rolling. It's just like, oh shit, it's two o'clock. We need to start rolling. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened on Sunday when we went to go do the vocals. It was like, oh, we, we need to get this done. Yeah, I got to go to work tonight. So let's yeah, guess. especially because it's like the vocal day. It's like you know you're not having to set anything up. You're yeah. not having to get tones. The overall vibe is so much more relaxed and hang out that it's like you do get carried away and it's like shit. Look, I do have shit to do. <laughs> and, you, and you kind of forget that vocals are actually harder than you think they are. You yeah. think you're going yeah. there just knock it out. <laughs> it's not that easy. Because it's like, I knocked it out at practice every yeah, time. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to go in there. Yeah, It's like, yeah, you're not really hearing yourself at practice, yeah. though. You're right. you're telling yourself you're remembering lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then even then, when you're having to run the same line about three or four times, and then you go to the next one, you go... Uh, and then you pull out your phone then your producer's yelling at you because it's like you're supposed to have lyrics memorized I'm like I do but we're not actually playing the song <laughs> you're asking me for single lines and I'm not that smart <laughs> you expect me to remember my own song that well sir <laughs> we gotta start from the top <laughs> I'm telling a story I do not envy vocalists I've tried to do it a couple of times it's not fun <laughs> that's why we, we kind of put vocals on our songs as just so we're not we're not good enough to be an instrumental band so we gotta have something in there so like uh, Easter Guns has minimal vocals this is there's a couple of just yes in there it's, mm, it's just yeah. we, we kind of want to punctuate the music with something to be said something for people to sing along with they want to but it's we we hate vocals I hate, I hate, I hate writing lyrics I hate recording vocals um, I don't mind singing though I honestly don't I don't mind right. singing but I just hate the whole process of doing getting vocals on a song I'd rather you write know? music you saying that actually makes a lot of sense because I've, I've struggled with that too because I enjoy being a front man. I enjoy singing. And I, I feel that I have a certain range because anytime we do a cover, I feel confident on those vocals. Yeah. But then when it comes to when we're writing our own, trying to find where's my placement, do I start higher here and go low, where's my melody and yeah. all that. If I were to write the lyrics, hand it to someone, them write, like, find the vocal tune, send it to me, and it's like, this is what you're supposed to sing with your lyrics, <laughs> I would be so happy. But it's like, it's the process of trying to find, where do I go in this? Yeah. And then later on listening to it, figuring it out, and then going, shit, we should have recorded this a year later. Yeah. <laughs> we're all guitar players, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. We're, we're learning to become lyricists. And I'm just super critical of my, my lyrics anyway. So oh, I, yeah. I, I just, I, I'm real reluctant to write lyrics, but I've got a couple of ideas, so I told Eric I'm going to try to start writing a little bit more. Right. Forward, Who is the main kind of overall songwriter within? So so where Eric, where would you say a lot of that is coming from? Over the radio. Raising your hand doesn't come over the radio. So oh, Everybody yeah, knows. <laughs> so, you know, where how does the songwriting process kind of start so if you're do you kind of bring riffs to the band and go hey let's work on this or you know yeah. how, how what's that process like I, i'll sit around my house and just i won't even have the my guitar plugged in or anything and i'll just jam you know a little bit and i'll kind of come up with the the bulk of the song doing that and i'll show right. it to them then there's really no telling where it's going to go after that because it's going to be the same song but Half the time, it doesn't end up sounding like what I imagine. Right, vision now because yeah. somebody will apply the drums or bass parts different than mm -hmm. what you had than what you had in your head, and it could make it better too mm -hmm. sometimes than you expect. And I so, don't write like the bass lines or anything. Or right. I'll tell him kind of with the drums sometimes, but you know he comes from a whole different kind of 
school of drumming so some really interesting stuff happens you know you and i really connect on that and that's why i was going to be that's why i want to maybe go down that rabbit hole a little bit more so does that so when cap was saying you know so the dynamic of the song may change or whatnot how is that do you see that as a positive or do you wind up going ah, but this isn't what most of the time it's a positive it's yeah a, some parts like i'll have an idea of how i want it to sound and i just you just can't get it across sometimes it's like yeah. i want this you know trogs you know sound right here and it's gonna i want that kind of drum beat and then i want like a you know a i don't know a jaw wobble bass line. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've done that before where we've had to tell folks uh, we want this specific drum part do whatever the hell you want the rest of the song just have uh -huh. this one part here <laughs> No, because I find that really interesting, though, because we actually went through that same kind of mental process with this new record. Uh, so we were talking about, okay, I want this kind of drum piece here. I'm looking for mm -hmm. this here. We actually had a small benefit with that because with this new record, we really weren't writing with a drummer. It was yeah. just the three of us because we've been playing musical chairs with fucking drummers for the past <laughs> year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with all this new material, it would be the three of us writing it in the living room, and then I'd put the guitar down, the two of them would start playing, and I'd start tapping on my legs, and we'd oh, yeah. cut demos like that. Hell yeah. And just talking about funny studio stuff and like tempers, you know, mm -hmm. raising or whatnot. The only time, only time, you can even ask out this, mm -hmm. only time I I've ever pulled the asshole rock star move in a studio and it was the exact thing he was talking about and one of the new songs I heard the drums come in a certain way certain little fill and he played it a few times and he was getting good at it and he was like man I just really don't know if I like it I said well you're a good drummer I said show me some other things and he showed me a few variants I was like yeah it's good I said but you know I just I really hear the specific yeah. beat leading into the song and there's a couple breaks and I want it to kind of be a little hook and he was like, and he kept doing that. I'm like, motherfucker, you are not a member of this band. You never have to play it again. <laughs> play the fucking drum beat. Yeah. I've been guilty of that with bass lines and shit like that, too. Which is like, no, I'll do it like this, but it'll sound better like this. No, it won't. I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever done that with you, though. Steve has before. Well, with that's the, also Steve. Well, also. <laughs> hey. I learned a thing or two. It's all good. <laughs> no, it wasn't exactly wrong what, either. Because exactly what you're saying too is like I won't write his bass parts. Yeah. But it's like I may have a melody for a solo in my head. Yeah. Where right. it's like yeah. you know where it's like I know if we're doing this sort of riff, I want the guitar to come in on a maybe a bend, and then Mikey do your little fancy shit, mm -hmm. but bring it back down. Maybe do a little ACDC, Ace Frehley, or something. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. then we can bring it back into a little bit more of you. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'll maybe kind of instruct him, but it's like the solos are still him. I may have to go. No, no, dude. Ha 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 ha! Give us the solo No, because there's a few times where it's like you just hear a melody in your head, right. and you're like, play the melody, then go trail off. But right. I hear this, then go do your thing. <laughs> and, and lots of times that melody in my head, I can't get it to. I can't figure out for the life of me how to play it on the guitar in the yeah, first place. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, just, and I've even done that too. I've. <laughs> I forget what song it wound up being. It may have been one we wound up not using. But for a good 30 minutes, I was trying to find the keys, the notes, just something to match in my head what it was. I, I don't remember that. Because I sent an audio message to Mikey of me oh, okay. humming it. <laughs> Mikey, play this. And I said, can you translate this to guitar? And he still couldn't do it either. I was like, oh, well. <laughs> it's notes that don't exist. Yes. <laughs> it has to be possible. 
Well, now, me and Eric, we also had the added benefit of we've been playing together for like 27 years now. Oh, wow. For, for a long time. So. Yeah, I definitely want to dig into that. So what, what were times, some of the, what was probably the first band at least you can remember that was like the two of y'all playing together? Uh, well, it was, it was Popes on Dope was the name of the first band we played. Our Popes on Dope. But like That's I was going to say, just to, just to kind of add what we were saying, you know, oh, yeah. a lot of times I think he writes songs and he already hears my bass line in the songs because we'll, we'll, he'll show it to us and it's almost always instinctual the first thing I play. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, I'll mess around with that a little bit. It almost always comes back to the first thing I play. It's like, and it just fits and it works. So I, I feel like we benefit from that. We try to overthink it. I think Cap and I are finally getting on that level too, yeah. because just that little throwaway line he said earlier, it's like, we're all guitarists. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, we all write with the guitar player's frame of mind. Mm-hmm. And then I play bass sometimes, he plays bass. Yeah. So it's like both of us kind of play that instrument. So he'll write a guitar riff and still have a bass line in mind. But then I'll write something and I'm like, do you hear what I'm playing? He goes, I think. And within like two go throughs, I'm like, yep, that's what I was hearing. He goes, cool, I do too. I hear it. <laughs> I'm sure the two of y'all have the same taste in music, more or less, too, or at least a lot of similar. Yeah, we have to overlap. Yeah. yeah. And then that's just kind of how it is, too. It's like, all right, he's hearing this part, so I'm going to play it like this band that we listen to all the time and shit yeah, like yeah. that. Exactly, yeah. So since we are turning back the pages to you know some of the earlier bands, what was kind of that moment of when y'all started jamming of like, we connect. We we get this. It's like we're, we're going to work together for a long time. I feel. <laughs> I started playing in a in a punk band in high school called Style and Johnny Appleseeds, and we played a few shows at Heretics in Charlotte when it was open. Um, when we went to um, when I went to Gaston College, somebody I went to high school with dated his one of his best friends, mm-hmm. who they had a band called Pups on Dope, and she introduced me to them because they needed a bass player. Um, so we started playing. In addition to me playing in the other band, we started playing in that band. Mm-hmm. And um, it just—it was almost immediate. We became close friends almost yeah. immediately. Yeah. And I'd say we were—we were bad too. We, <laughs> oh, yeah, we were terrible. <laughs> yeah, you know, but yes, yeah, we used to play. <laughs> We played at um, Heretics a lot with uh, Mad Brother Ward and the Screaming Street Trash. Yeah, nice. With mm-hmm. a band called The Furies. We played with Anti Scene one time. Gigi Allen's Tombstone Benefit Show on Halloween. Wow. Um, it didn't go so well. It was my like birthday or something. What is it? Yeah, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a Halloween show. show. It was your birthday. But was it like my 20th or my 21st or 22nd? Or? Nah, I can't remember what year it was. It probably was, it had to be your 20th. A lot of it's blurry from back then. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was your 20th. Now I'm just curious about how many uh, tombstones the family must have had to pay for with uh, you know how the thing to do for Gigi Allen's tombstone is to you know do whatever the hell yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, did that happen a lot where there would be like where it would just get now, destroyed? This, this, Honestly, this, this was like the year that he died. And it was, yeah, they were I think they were raising the, the funds to get it. Yeah. Yeah. We, it. It didn't end well on our end. We played two songs. The guitarist broke a string. Oh, no. Couldn't get back in tune and we finally just, just kind of gave up the stage. <laughs> we're not going to hold this up any longer. We were so, um, you know, we were, we were just so stoked to be able to open up for them. You know? Right. So I think I told you last week, you know, getting to play with Anti-Scene again this year and it being a really good show for us. Mm-hmm. And then Gastonia this, at Freeman's at that, you know, was just kind of like a career-defining moment for me at this point. No, I, I love how things can kind of come full circle yeah. for you like that. So um, we played with Pope's on Dope, and then he was playing drums at the time. I played bass, and mm-hmm. our friend Chris Saunders played guitar. And then we decided to he decided to switch to guitar because he was a guitar player that right. was just playing drums because nobody else could play drums. And so I was about bad. to say, I was like, shit, all these times I'm throwing out saying I need a damn drummer and I hadn't heard shit from you. Right? I, 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 I'm awful, man. It's, it's, unless it's like the uh, the slowest Black Sabbath beat ever. You know? <laughs> Give me time to take a drink between. <laughs> That's like me on drums. All I can do is the uh, 
sharp dressed man's easy top. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> then we got my brother to play drums. We became the Krusties for a little bit. And then one of my friends from high school, Greg Bowen, played drums for us. And we became the Accidents. And that's what we played <laughs> as from 1995 until 2007, off and on as the Accidents or Los Accidentes. Uh, there, there's another band out there called the Accidents from somewhere around Sweden. Norway, so, so how much of all that was recorded and released? Is a good name too, though. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it came up as a joke. And then I said, if we ever had to change the name, that would be a good, because I knew there were other bands called the Accidents. Right. Out there. Oh, we course, weren't, we yeah. weren't original. Um, and then it happened one day our MySpace page was gone. I'm like, damn it, they got it. <laughs> so we, we changed, we changed the Los Accidentes, but everybody in, in Charlotte still called us the Accidents. Now, is there, uh, how much of that uh, did y'all record and get released during all that? Uh, that was a pretty recorded, big time period. Yeah, we recorded a couple of uh, sort of full length demos. There goes the chair. <laughs> and um, we self-released them. Yeah. We, we had a little record label we called Flamin' Head Records, and we just made the CDs ourselves, yeah. burned them at home. I, Printed labels and put them on them and made the cases of everything. Just I definitely think that if oh, if yeah. it ain't possible, at least throw that stuff back on Bandcamp. There is um there's one on Bandcamp. Okay, it's under uh, Los Accidentes NC dot mm-hmm. Bandcamp. Um, you can get uh, the last one recorded, but I'm been wanting to put the other one up there too because I'm really I'm really proud of it. It's a oh, little definitely. bit more lo-fi, garagey sounding because it was recorded on a cheaper recording and i think that would just be awesome to hear because you know regardless you know especially with how much of a friendship y'all have had for so long it's a piece of history yeah. you know and and if it's been a situation of only cd copies have been out you know with the way the digital age now you can almost bet that a good majority of people that you know are fans of the van huskins have not heard this stuff yeah. and that would even be a fun little treat for them be like hey here's dusty dig back a little further let's even hear a little bit more of where all this yeah. started i at least personally would be interested in hearing that and it's a different sound it's more of a straightforward pop punk more mm-hmm. screeching weasel type stuff I'll just say, there's I mean, nothing wrong with that <laughs> so it's, it's it's really good I, and it's probably gonna end up on spotify eventually i've been Excellent. thinking a lot about it lately Excellent. too so it'll probably end up there and of course we'll post about it on our, <laughs> on our, our page we'll, we'll pimp the hell out of it when we do. <laughs> i love that kind of shit oh i do too and it's like and and it's and it's been fun for me too because um just talking about just going back and finding old shit i used to just record random guitar demos on the computer and when i got all those set back up i found like old shit that i did like at 14 15 i was like oh my god this is and it's like i never want to release it but it's still one of those it's like it goes in the folder it's like i can never get rid of it it's like about every three years i'll go back and listen be like this is nuts (laughs) and then just go away (laughs) i have a few like that as well the leftover from our days that we never recorded just stuff we recorded and practiced that i've held on to and digitized so i wouldn't lose it now have you ever done this have you ever gone back and listened to an old demo and went i can make something of that now there's a few songs i have in mind from some old stuff like mm-hmm. i had a, I had a short-lived project called hell camino that there's a couple that's of an songs. awesome name Dude, <laughs> you're crushing it with the names <laughs> next, for our next album i'm just going to come to you and be like send me some of your old band yeah. names <laughs> we're gonna use if we need an album title that was uh, something i did with with robert childers who's oh, okay a, yeah um and there's a couple of those songs i thought you know these might make good van huskin songs but i kind of leave the song right into eric for the most part because right. i think i like our sound and I've got a couple ideas for things we're going to try, but I don't know if it'll ever end up being recorded, just depending on how well it fits with everything else. Well, I also didn't know, like, if, you know, there was just old, maybe even old band songs from the two of y'all playing together that you've kind of went, you know, we could kind of rework this into Van Huskins. Like, enough time has kind of passed. We've tried to do some cover, like, you know, just to play them straightforward. But uh, it's just, I don't know, we spend more time trying to figure out new stuff. Oh, absolutely. And we've got, we've got so many songs now, and we limit ourselves to like nine songs per mm-hmm. se. So we, we try to play Sometimes 25 minutes. Sometimes 10 if we're feeling yeah, Every now and then 10. So we try to Get play the less than 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's just hard enough picking from our, song, our songs. 
So we've even kind of dropped covers. We used to try to play a cover just about every every set, but we don't right. do it that much anymore. No, because I did find that interesting because I've wound up doing that. We had an early practice, and I've, for, I've recorded phone demos for every practice for some reason for the longest time. And I found this one riff that Mikey was playing, and it's on the new record now. Oh, and it was something that he would play. It was Return to Sender. Oh, okay. okay. It was, he held on to that for so long. I remember, he's kept workshopping that workshop, and it was because I kept sending him the track, being like, don't forget about this riff. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was 10 drummers ago. <laughs> I bet you're like a good motivator, like in your band, like kind of like. You know, I, I hear uh, <laughs> motivation or I asshole. I don't know if motivator is the right word. <laughs> <laughs> I, whenever I first passionate, yes. that would be the, <laughs> there. It is. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the nice word to use. I'm very passionate. <laughs> whenever we have like a band vote or something, I joke around kind of that I get two votes. I'm like, the, I'm like the band Nazi, you know. So well, I, always, see, I always say you get one asshole card. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he usually gets his way as long as I take his side. <laughs> well, see, I, I, well, see, that works a little bit better for y'all because you're th- uh, three piece, mm-hmm. but for us, it's four. Yeah. So it's like even if I get Mikey on my side or if I get Cap on my side, I can still have two other people yelling at me, going. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> I used. To, I I don't know if if you're like this. I used to be a lot worse with it when the when a band first starts. Because it felt like I had to really make sure that the idea was set in place. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. But it's like the longer, like especially with the two of y'all, for as long as you work together, I feel like that may have only been with startup projects. But after a while, since you do click so well, that it just, it kind of naturally flows. Like with Hipster Killers, I was very tight-reined on like, these these, these are how the songs are going to go. Then the next record loosened up some all the way to this one. It's like, it's definitely the most collaborative the three of us have been. And and it still comes from like your mindset of, Here's how the song is going to go, yeah, but yeah. it's a lot more of just everyone wrapped in together. But if Cap were to leave, guess what? That grip would all of a sudden start getting a little tighter because yeah, it's yeah. like there's a new dynamic, <laughs> yeah. and it's like you're in the band because I know you're talented, you've got good shit, but I want to make sure that we're playing and keeping with the same dynamic. I know you're good right within this dynamic. Yeah, <laughs> because when you define a certain sound, you want to keep it in that ballpark and everything too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm sure you have that in mind for uh, Van Huskins. And Not really, because I was gonna say I I was gonna actually compliment you guys because we paint ourselves in a corner to the point where I have to go. No, we're not doing something heavy metal. We're do- <laughs> we're doing this. Let's just slow it down a little bit instead of it being Metallica. Let's make it Motorhead. You know, with you guys, I hear a lot of different stuff in here. I like I heard the Sabbathy stuff. I heard I still heard elements of the pop punk. There was still pop, moments yeah, of really, that. Yeah. But then there was like slower kind of like an acoustic could have been playing this instead of an electric when it kind of slowed right. down kind of moment. It's like yeah. just swap the instrument and you've got a different vibe. So I was just going to praise you guys because you Thanks. hit a lot of really cool moments on this record. When you take like Low Ray, I think is our best sounding song on that CD. It just okay. sounds so good. But it's like, it's the one that's so so much different. It's more mellower. It's got sort of a more classic rock groove to it. You call it like the John Cougar Mellencamp type sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then you follow that up with No Christmas. And I kind of did that intentionally because mm-hmm. they're so, I kind of did that as the ending point. Low Ray would be the last song on the first side of the vinyl. If ah, vinyl. there you go. And then No Christmas would be the first song to just barrel out of the gate on the second side. I like and I put that. them together nice. like that because they they both sound so good and they um, it, it just shows our range. Well, like, now that you've said time. that, is and this going to... And they gonna... both work together. <laughs> well, now that you said that, is this going to be pressed to vinyl at some point? 
I would like to because uh, I will no say because, right now. because no I will way. say I've listened to your past stuff. It's all on Spotify, folks. Listen to it on Spotify. This is definitely my favorite record so far. So if anything so far deserves a vinyl pressing, it's definitely this one. I, I would like to, but it's there are no plans at the moment. Okay. We'll, 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 see the band, we'll, we'll see if the band funds ever allow for it because we've, we've got more stuff we need to record. So absolutely, we're looking forward to putting out more more music. You say Bowman knows how to master for vinyl too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and, and we kind of strive with that too. It's like one of the game plans we always have. We were going to take the off approach where it's like just go in record it like as soon as you get four songs ready cool set the studio and we're even going to say screw it to cd releases and just constantly Mm -hmm. release just digital singles or four song eps to the point where we once we have enough then put out a cd with different cover art or whatever and you know maybe an extra song or two so it's like i fully get you on that um has there ever been moments where you're just like why the hell can we not get this song written? <laughs> we've, had, we've had a few of them that kind of languished in practice for a long time. Um, Some of them take a couple years to get right. Yeah, know? and Why usually it's that? just a matter of just us feeling comfortable, I guess, with it. Because a lot of times they don't really change a whole lot over that time. It's just mm-hmm. they, they just finally find their way into the set. Right. Um, one of the, the oldest song I think that we've got on there is um, it's. Oh. Uh, in your face world. Yeah. I really like that one too. That, that, we wrote that one four years ago and we played it out a couple of times and then forgot about it for a like little while, cowbell. brought it back, <laughs> brought it back up in practice a little bit and then played it for a couple of years before we actually were ready to play it out live. Yeah. I almost didn't make the CD, but I was like, no, we got to, we got to capture it. It's a good song. And it's one of my favorite ones on there. It's really good. I don't think we've ever had one last that long. It definitely, there was uh, leftovers from like hipster killer that eventually made it to like, you know, the next record. But uh, why is that though? Is it because exactly what you said, none of the songs really changed much, but it's just, you know, I guess just the whole feeling comfortable with it. Yeah. Thing. It's, I guess it just fits to fit with the whole overall sound. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of it was in the past, we tried to record just small batches. That's what we could afford to true, do. True. True. So yeah. we went in and recorded four songs at a time. We, he brings ideas all the time. So we've got so many things we're working on right, right. now. So we just, things get lost in the shuffle mm-hmm. and you know i just i thought while we had a chance we were gonna go back and kind of dig those songs out put out 12 songs 11 tracks and then in the future we're going to just concentrate on doing smaller batches maybe doing a cassette next maybe Ooh, doing that be fun and then then i'm i'm thinking maybe just focusing more on vinyl going forward if we if we can if we can afford to do it oh absolutely and especially with what you are saying if you record little small batches doing a seven inch is definitely more cost effective than yeah. doing oh, yeah. a full 12 inch with mm. sleeves and everything else is like you can you can get the vinyl made you can get some cheap sleeves made you can still oh, knock yeah. that out a little bit quicker and <clears throat> and, I, and i think that people genuinely enjoy having vinyl again yeah. that it's it's moved on from being the hipstery niche thing to people genuinely people value it, it again yeah. and they enjoy having it it's yeah, like I'll, yeah i'll never buy a cd myself <laughs> and so I'll, I'll buy the record you know i'll have the record i'll really just listen to it through spotify or something you know but yeah I and see and that's kind of what we and that's kind of what we're our approach is it's like we're definitely planning on doing this next thing on vinyl and it's like we're not even i haven't even looked at i haven't made any templates for a cd yet yeah. it's like it's going to come with a digital download and a few months later it'll yeah. be on spotify yeah, so yeah. it's like i know and if you want it's your download can you can burn it on a cd yourself motherfucker yeah, <laughs> be yeah, self-reliant yeah. <laughs> and guess what put the rest of it all on a cd i don't give a shit <laughs> you can do with it as you wish right and i'm not pressing a cd for it to turn into your damn coaster again yeah. <laughs> but it's like I still take CDs because it's like with with the show we still you know use all that and with all the different clips I use it's like I still value CDs and also for the fact I don't trust that cloud shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I think I think physical media is going to come back around because of that. 
Um, I'm still not going to go out and buy like a Green Day CD. I love Green Day, but I'm not going to buy their CD. I'll, I'll buy my friend's CDs all day long. Absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do that, and I'll actually spin them in my car, too. So, yeah. You know, let so me, yeah. Let me say, I won't buy like <laughs> a touring band CD or something I'll buy, and then I'll put it on my phone. You know. I was going to say, but the difference in that is you're purchasing it to help support them. You're purchasing exactly, it not yeah. because you're going to use a CD, but you're going, yeah. you've put this out here, so mm -hmm. let me support you and obtain your music mm -hmm. because I'm listening to it on Spotify, exactly. because I'm doing this, that, and the other, or I have the vinyl, but you know, hey, I listen to it 99% of the time on digital, so I bought the vinyl just to show you the support. Exactly, it's yeah. up on the record shelf, and guess what? In the afternoons I'm cleaning, I'm gonna throw it on. Thank yep. you for, I'm, I have it. If you ever take it off online, I still have a copy. <laughs> you know? So it's like, that's at least the way I always look at it is I, I fully support the whole streaming thing, but just make sure to, you know, support your folks in other ways. Yeah. Cause it's like, we create the music. All of us in this room create music cause we have to, as we, yeah. we talked about that yes. a little bit. It's like, this isn't a hobby. You know, this isn't something we do because we're bored. It's no. like, Eric, you're always coming up with guitar riffs because you have to come up with guitar riffs. If a yeah. guitar wasn't in your hand and you weren't thinking of songs, something would be wrong with you. You know, yep. it's like that's Masturbation. your... <laughs> <laughs> you're, e you're either jacking off guitar or you play, you're not having fun with yourself. Well, you're having fun with yourself all the way around. So really, music Skin is fantastic solo. for you. <laughs> I think if you talk to any, any like real musician or, or somebody that really is passionate right. about it, it all comes back to the fact that they have to do it because it's therapy for them. I mean, it really. Oh is. yeah. If if I don't get to practice one week, I'm always just a little bit cranky about that. Absolutely. You know, I don't I don't like to miss practices, and every now and then we have to. But mm -hmm. you know, it's it, I would love to be playing every day if I could. Do you supplement that? But have you ever considered doing more than one band? Because I think Van Huskins, mm -hmm. that's your only deal, isn't it? Yeah, that's the only thing I'm yeah. doing right now. Um, considering doing like maybe a, just a recording project with some yeah. people. So it's, right. it's it's been talked about a little bit, but I nothing, no concrete plans or yeah. anything right now. I don't have time to do two full-time bands. I just yeah, don't. I was going to say, I, I have a feeling that might be Nobody also. really does. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like, even though we're connected to so many, it's like, none of them are full-time bands. <laughs> it would end up being three bands a piece or something. Well, I was going to say, Eric, have, have you considered doing anything a little extra? Because, again, I think this one is, of course, your baby, but it's like... I, probably when I get older, I, I kind of I have this. When you idea grow up a head. little bit, when you finally grow up, when I'm, <laughs> when I'm big, <laughs> when um, you get out of this phase, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's I just want to kind of do something, maybe like a Dex Ron Weber or something, maybe oh, okay. something just like that would be just cool. a drummer or something. Or I, I couldn't touch his stuff, but I'd like to do some stuff like where because even just playing by myself or something too, just mm -hmm. doing that, but. I'd like to be able to play just by myself someday, just so I wouldn't have to worry about schedules and stuff, yeah. you know, and have more of a more of the uh, rootsy kind of ideas I have, I guess. Well, I mean, you've got the perfect venue to do that over at Tommy's Pub. That's right. So I seriously, because I know Cap, you run up there sometimes and you do the little open mic things just oh, yeah, to you know get out there and do your stuff. Two piece deal kind of thing. Yeah, you can find somebody that can play the most basic drum kit and everything too. Mm -hmm. It's also a matter of having time. Too. Oh, yeah. Right. Of course. <laughs> That's the challenge, just making time. Yeah. Yeah. Don't sleep. That's how I find it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when you sleep, you waste time. That's very true. <laughs> you're not doing anything. You're just laying there. <laughs> you could be writing music, goddammit. <laughs> I don't even have a TV at the house. <laughs> wow. I spend too much time watching. Usually I'm watching like 
the freaking office over and over again or something like that. Or <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I was going to say, what what are the sh- do you actually watch network TV or is it mainly like Netflix, Hulu, Netflix, stuff like that? Yeah. yeah. What what are the shows you wind up binging aside from like Office? Those two, uh, the Office and uh, Seinfeld and yeah, uh, not wrong with that. I I'm not. I don't know. I'm not really big in. I watch TV all the time, but I'm not into it. <laughs> oh, no. All I do is watch King of the Hill if I'm going to sleep. I'm into that, know? too. That's <laughs> you've, always, you've always been into watching reruns, though, because I remember we used to live together in Charlotte for a while. You used to watch Coach all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched Coach until we watched it on Fox well, see, on, on Oh, I've done that before with a roommate that I, I have not watched every episode of Bones <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> involuntarily. <laughs> Back in the day, there was more like – you didn't have as many choices, so you adapted, right. you know? Yeah. Like, I'm going to watch Conan O'Brien every night. Not to diss the guy or anything, but or I'm going to watch Coach, like he said. Or, <laughs> I, well, I draw the line at Reba. <laughs> oh, man, you don't like Reba? <laughs> Shit. She's fine enough. She's fine enough. She's, yeah. Exactly. She's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know how I got on people. Because I was gonna say, it's like I actually, I'm the exact same way. I watch TV a lot, but it's like I'm still also not into TV. I'm not, I'm not like none of us getting staying in there. No, you know, it's, it's background. I'm also, you know, I'm like he probably watches a lot more and watches movies. And I stuff. used to I watch, watch a lot movies. more. I, I rarely watch it anymore, but usually when I do, it's something I've watched hundred times. I put right. on Squid Billies and it's background. That's yeah. what, it, that's what yep. it is. I put on something I've watched hundred times. So yeah, I don't have to. Pay I'm a big dumb nerd, and I get excited about new documentaries and. Planet Earth shit. <laughs> I like that kind of. I like. I like the the silly conspiracy kind of. Yeah, show. let's go down fun. that YouTube rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Yeah, yes. the cheaper it's made, the better it is. <laughs> Especially if it's Comic if it's... Sans, I'm in. <laughs> god, I now know too much about aliens. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and dead serious. It's always weird when people are like, "So what have you been watching lately?" I'm like, "YouTube." They're like, "What?" I'm like, "You can put YouTube on your TV, fucker." <laughs> I'm like, "You download the YouTube app." you connect it to the TV or your fucking game station you build a queue and you just sit there watching fucking 30 minute hour long videos all day long I still do the same thing that I did when I first discovered YouTube is just go down rabbit holes of like people I've never listened to before yeah Yeah, you just find those related links on the side that sometimes Mm -hmm. aren't really all that related which leads you down another rabbit hole exactly you know it's like 6 o'clock in the morning you're like looking at something can't even remember how you got there. No, but don't know what you started watching <laughs> first to, to get there. But you're like, you feel a little dirty. Oh, yeah, that was, better, that, was better than, that was better than sitting in front of a TV all night or you watching reruns of The Office mm-hmm. all night. Not to diss The Office. <laughs> oh, no, I have nothing to say on that. The two shows I'll go back and rewatch over and over is either King of the Hill or Always Sunny. So yeah. it's like, I can't say anything on yeah. that. <laughs> but same thing. It's like, I, even shows that I want to watch, I just haven't. Yeah, it's like there are shows I'll see commercials for, and I'm like, that looks genuinely funny, or like I would actually really enjoy this. Outside of the Marvel movies, I still can't even get out to watch a movie yeah. I want to see. But it's like no. the only reason I watch those is because everyone's going to be fucking talking about it, and I do <laughs> yeah. care, and I don't want it to be spoiled, so I have to go see it just so no one fucking spoils it for me before it comes out on DVD when I can actually want to watch it. Yeah. And it's all updated versions of stuff we we enjoyed when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh of yeah. course. Whether Star Wars or like like you said Marvel movies and stuff, and now the whole Disney thing's happening, and those are breaking box office records because people want to go see those and you know feel like a kid again. Yeah. I was gonna say I have a feeling that's probably stuff that 
Y'all probably don't really buy into no, much as the Star Wars I, I and Marvel. Star Wars, I got, well, this, this, I Star Wars okay, tattoos, okay. <laughs> I don't really uh, like the new stuff. I, I'm kind of out of it now. Well, see, okay, so let's go down that because I haven't actually had many people here that have had a history with Star Wars. I was more of a Star Wars kid. I grew up loving Star Wars more than the Marvel stuff, DC stuff. Like Star Wars immediately captured me. First time really remember seeing it. Mom took me when they were doing the uh, special edition re-releases in the yeah. 90s. I yeah. saw. I went to those at the theaters, too. I she, think we had him here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure you went with him. And uh, the one thing I distinctly remember that it was the re-release of New Hope. And we had to leave right before the ending because I was about to puke because of so much butter that was on the popcorn. <laughs> oh, and no. I was so enthralled by it. And my, and my heart was racing and it was so intense. And I remember distinctly the moment where it's like I had to stand up and go it was when right before they're about to blow up the Death Star Vader's ship gets shot mm. and he's doing that little oh, spinning yeah. thing that hit me and I was like mom 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 <laughs> not now not now <laughs> and no and she was like legit like no no not yet not yet she loved it yeah. and that's why she took me to see it it's like she she genuinely enjoyed that so she showed me Kiss she showed me Star Wars all that so she's like no 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 it's about to get good I'm like Mm, okay, come on. <laughs> so that was me from my earliest memories. Like the first movie I remember going to go see in the theater was Star Wars. Really? My first rock band was Kiss. I mean, <laughs> I just, seven years old, my, my cousin had a record and he played it for me. Just everybody just in 1977. Well, I saw the pictures on the inside of Double Platinum. He's like, you know, if you want to have, if you want to keep that, you can because I don't really listen to it. Yeah. So that was the first rock and roll record wow. I heard was Kiss, and and it just stuck with me. So like Star Wars, Kiss, Marvel, Spider Man was big when I was a kid. I just, it just all the way through mm -hmm. adulthood. He can tell you I've always been a huge Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. The accidents, I didn't write the lyrics or. or um, <laughs> Uh, our other friend did Saunders much, yeah. did he was a big Star Wars fan too but like uh -huh. half the songs were Star Wars <laughs> so you'll hear that when you when you listen to it excellent there was like a trend going on in like poppy punk of that time and I'm sure we were very happy to jump on board you mm -hmm. know with people doing Star Wars related stuff you know because that was because what time period what that would have been that was before the was in the late 90s I was gonna say I was gonna say uh, one thing that may have actually been um uh, helping that was uh, Kevin Smith with uh, Clerks oh, and yeah, Mallrats yeah. and everything because oh, yeah, that was yeah, some yeah, big pulp culture yeah, things. I, and, I remember when, like in the early '90s, right after I graduated, you know, I, I was I'd gotten back like my nostalgia had like, where's my toys at? You know, I'd lost yeah. all my toys from a kid. I just wanted them back. You couldn't find them anywhere. You couldn't find anything. And then the late '90s was complete opposite. Yeah, everywhere Star Wars everywhere. So I was super happy mm -hmm. the Star Wars was back. <laughs> See, and and, the, <laughs> and this is where I kind of struggle with right now. It's like so exactly it's so weird we, I'm just about to mimic exactly what you said the only comic book character I ever cared about was Spider-Man mm -hmm. and mom wanted me to like Batman and I kind of liked See, Batman I was the Batman that was the same with me my dad liked Batman I, mm -hmm. I like the movies but I never really got into the comic I was, a, I was always a Spider-Man fan yeah there's something about Spider-Man I like so you know she of course nurtured that and you know and eventually found Kiss the set and the other so it's like I remember seeing the prequels in theaters and being just young enough to be like I don't know if I like this or not, you know, <laughs> but, but still like, but R2-D2 and C-3PO are there, so I like it kind yep, of thing. Yeah. And, and I, then, I, I, hey, as an adult, I wanted to like it bad enough that I went and saw Phantom Menace a couple times. Now, exactly. I've seen, I've seen oh, yeah, Avengers George Sith George. exactly once. <laughs> yeah. I, never went, I never went back and I watched was a Avengers big Jar Jar Sith, and that was actually probably the best one in the book. So you actually like Jar Jar. I think that's the last movie I watched, to be honest, all the way through. And uh, I didn't like it, but it was hilarious, you know what I mean? <laughs> I actually have watched. I used to watch that movie repeatedly. I don't know why. 
as an adult, it's just I will say like, the one thing that movie has is the soundtrack's awesome. Yeah. That, that yeah, duel the at the end with Darth Maul. Well, that's, and that's my favorite lightsaber duel as well. well oh, not yeah. duel, but battle fight because there's three of them. But. And I'm at the, you know, I'm old enough now to be able to step back and go, the story was good. The idea of the story was good and there were some good scenes, but all of the execution was off. Yeah. The way they decided to do it, the actors and the way Lucas wanted to do this and the other. So when... Disney buys all of this. At this point, I've kind of fallen into the Marvel thing because Star Wars is, you know, falling to the wayside. Force Awakens comes out. All of a sudden, I'm like, fuck the Marvel shit again. My, my Star Wars is back. And leading up to now, after Infinity War and Endgame, the Spider-Man movie, Civil War even, that was fantastic. Mm. I am don't feel the hype for this new Star Wars movie right now. I'm excited about it. I'm really. I, 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 I still, want to be excited. I like the last either. Jedi. I had my problems with the last Jedi, but overall, yeah. I liked it. And I actually, I'm, I'm not completely happy with it. But it's no, not my I'm movie. Not it's not my movie. It's not my universe. Well, I just live in it. Yeah. Right? I just, I just Hashtag watch it. not my but, universe. <laughs> I'm going to put a pin in that comment. Keep going. But um, I, I really feel like if they do this one right, it's going to make the last Jedi a better movie. If they do it right, if how they, can if they, they? Though I don't know. And I, That's I, what I'm not even me. trying. I'm not even trying to read anything about it leading up to it. I don't yeah. care. I don't want to know. I just want to go see it, and I hope I'm. Did Force I'm Awakens away. come out when like the Marvel movies were kind of in a dip? Not really. Everything was kind of on the up and up. I that, I can't remember what other movies came out the year they made that purchase, but uh, no, they they were kind of on the up. Uh, the only bad Marvel movies, kind of critically at least, was the third, the second Thor movie, yeah, the second Iron Man movie. Yeah. I remember if it was in that time period or of uh, oh yeah and the second Civil avengers War. all the second movies seemed yeah. to kind of fall by the wayside because uh age of ultron wasn't that it didn't do yeah, that yeah I, I never saw it more than once the one time i saw it in theaters yeah so it's like aside from those they, that was were the only kind of flops they had and even in the grand scheme of things they weren't fucking still, flops yeah. <laughs> they were still, still very successful all the money story wise <laughs> they may have been lacking but they still did fine but no so i don't think that really had anything to do with it i don't know though it just so with what you were saying, it's not your universe, it's theirs, you're just living in it. Yeah. That that actually pulls back to, at your show, uh, we had this big circle in the parking lot, and I brought this up, which is, is it nostalgia, or are we just genuinely wanting quality? Because, for me, I have a strong uh, connection to New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. That was also at the same time period I was receiving Phantom Menace. So, my basis, all four of those movies, for me, in my mental timeline, should be the same. I should have the same sort of hold and nostalgia and feeling toward all those as anything else. So why is it that even in hindsight, I can go back and look at those and even the original three find criticisms, especially with maybe yeah. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, I'm not that much of a blind fanboy to go, oh, they're just gold. So I can still recognize the flaws, why is it that the older stuff genuinely feels like better storytelling or a better movie in general? And I think that's why I get annoyed sometimes when people go, oh, you just don't like these new Star Wars movies because it doesn't fit with your nostalgia. No, I don't have a nostalgia. I'm still on this journey. Yeah. When I get older, then it'll be my nostalgia. Mm. I don't like where this journey is going. <laughs> I just want a good movie. Yeah, I just want a good movie. And it really set in because I saw Ragnarok and Last Jedi within a week of each other. Yeah. Both of those, actually, no, was it? It may have been in. It was in game. That's what uh, Infinity War. Sorry, I saw Infinity War and Last Jedi almost back to back. Both of those 
surprised fans, gave them shit they weren't expecting, but for some reason, I walked away from Last Jedi going, huh. I walked away from Infinity War going, holy shit, what's next? Oh my god, (laughs) what the fuck? Holy cow. It's like, that gave you surprises, but left you wanting more. It felt like with Last Jedi, they were giving you surprises for you to go, huh. Okay, well, I guess you're just going to change this then. (laughs) This movie exists now. Huh. (laughs) Disney! (laughs) I thought you were supposed to be in control of this. (laughs) And see, I I never saw Solo. Oh, Solo's great. I loved it. I, it's I dumb as shit, it's, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's it's just a, it's a fun movie. It's not it's not necessary. It's not yeah. a necessary yeah. movie. It's but just kind of there. It could have been a whole lot worse than it was. I, I thought they did a good job with it. And that came out after like Last Jedi when all the expectations were low. Yeah. And everybody's like, sure, Solo movie. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and there, there was a lot of reasons. Slap a Star Wars thing. Yeah, right. really. <laughs> oh, fucking Donald Glover. Great. <laughs> See, I, I liked Rogue One, though. I thought that was pretty decent. I liked Rogue One all right. It was overall. It was I, I've never got invested in the characters because I knew what was going to happen. Yeah, right. it just no, there weren't really any compelling characters. I thought it was good. I thought I liked the last twenty minutes of it really well. I really mm-hmm. liked that. Everything leading up to it was a little tedious. I thought at times, but I, mean, yeah, yeah. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Oh I yeah, got it on Blu-ray. I, and uh, I watch it again. It says we're kind of walking backward in those. Uh, just to kind of round this out, Force Awakens, too yeah. derivative or an apology? Oh, I loved it. Okay, yeah. I <laughs> saw I saw it as an apology. Yeah, it was an apology. It was, it, it, it was definitely a love. I was into it the first time I watched it. Fans, but yes. I don't think it was necessarily that derivative. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was it was original on its own. Yeah, it did sort of follow. The story a little bit, not 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 totally. I don't think there but were there were there were there were similarities. I'll put it that way. And I don't have a problem with similarities because just like we even talked about now, we've never really talked about you know the things we grew up on. Yet you just mimicked exactly the shit that's on my wall. <laughs> you know, I grew up with Kiss, Spider Man, and Star Wars. So it's like it's not abnormal for people to have similar backgrounds or growing up stories. So yeah. it's like for a story to have similar traits, I don't see that as a bad thing. And I would also say, coming from a Uber nerd, people use the term fan service negatively too much. Yeah. Because it's like, you got to have some sort of fan service because that's why they were there to begin with. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, it's like even your favorite band, when they write a new record and it sounds like the last one, but better, that is also fan service because they could go, you know. This next record, we're just going to go hardcore with it. They were a pop-punk band. It's what we wanted to do as musicians. You should support it. Mm -hmm. Well, you never know. Your fan base may go, what the fuck? This isn't our genre, you know? And then just like, uh (laughs) uh-oh. So it's like, there's a certain level of fan service if you're a larger band like that to continue to provide to your fans the thing that you've been providing them. Next thing you know, you got a Motley Crue uh, Nine Inch Nails sounding record. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was thinking Ramones on that you know yeah, it's like they, they slayer mm-hmm. you know they pretty much just play the formula now and yeah i mean I, they're supposed to be you know stopping. right because they made out they put out the one record was it uh el diablo uh de, uh, de musica it was like yeah. their new metal yeah, record yeah, yeah and even carrie king was on record saying eh, that's our turbo <laughs> <laughs> but see i think that you know all these kind of things music movies tv shows they can all still evolve from the original thing but if you understand your community and you're making sure you're putting your story across even in music that music is an audible story um 
those progressions can still be natural. Yeah. So it's like, even with the Marvel movies, they're slowly becoming more colorful and cosmic and a lot more fantasy when a lot more of it, look at the first Iron Man, seemed just like a slightly altered reality. Yeah. Like, you know, Elon Musk could maybe do this. You know, yeah. <laughs> you look at the Marvel movies now and you're like, no one can do this. Right. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it can still evolve and change and you're, is. As long as you know your community, they're going to love it and accept it more. So I just feel like with Star Wars, there may have been too many. We're going to do this because we want to. (laughs) And then shame on you for not accepting it. I I just know that when people say that you ruined my childhood with like Last Jedi or whatever, it doesn't ruin my childhood. I still still hold those first three movies there in high regard. Nothing that they do now is going to ruin that for me. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous when I see all these petitions come out and they're like, make Last Jedi not part of the canon anymore. Yeah. I'm like, shut <laughs> up. I'm just glad they're still putting, putting out stories. Yes. And if they, if they have, have a few missteps, oh well. Oh well. It's like yeah. the WWE. If You're they just happy they're putting out stories. They still have too many missteps at that point. Let's rethink this a little bit. Yeah, exactly. They, they have taken a step back, so maybe it'll help them out. You know? and, and again, same thing with the band. I can't think of any band's catalog where I love every single record. Exactly. Right. You know, there's always going to be the one or two mm. records where you're like, it's good, but... Eh. Yeah, I love this period. Yeah, yeah. I like the song off this, the record. Like, this record is very underrated, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you have those guys. So, just kind of delve in a little bit more music, because uh, you were saying kind of Kiss was one of the first concerts you grew up with, um, Mike. Uh, what was some of the others? Because that may have been first concert, but what was like well, the first band? Kiss wasn't the first concert. It was oh, the okay. first rock and roll band I was introduced Got it, to. rock and roll and, band. You know, it was like through Double Platinum, my cousin mm-hmm. gave it to me, and then it was watching them on TV, Kiss right. Meets Phantom of the Park, and just watching basically comic book, hero, comic book heroes playing rock and roll. Right. So, that appealed to me big time as a kid. Nice. Um, but what was then, probably those first band that you grabbed onto and was like, was it may have been Kiss, but the first one you kind of latched onto was like, this is my band. And it's like, you remember being like a legit it fan was, of it was Kiss. It was definitely definitely Kiss. Well, probably yeah. after that, um, I don't know, it was probably a while before I really latched onto anything again. After Got that. it. I'm, I'm trying to think of what it would be after that. It's but. crazy that band has such a pull on people because it was the same thing with me. It's like, eventually I kind of pulled the Misfits in with it, but yeah. it's like, aside from Annie scene, because Mom just played that all the time, it was like, all I listened to was Black Sabbath and Kiss. For some reason, those were the two things that just grabbed me, and it was like, that's all I, that, that's all that music was. It's yeah. like, do you like music? I love Kiss. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, this, that is music. <laughs> I like the thing you call music. <laughs> and when I was a kid, they used to play rock and roll high school on HBO oh, all yes. the time so I, I, I was introduced to the Ramones really young and loved them but never really got an album or anything until much many years later so maybe you could say that was the next right. big one that grabbed the whole I got thing. my Ramones exposure I went through my metal phase yeah. and everything but then it was the Ramones I think that made me feel like oh I belong here now I still love metal I still love all the hair metal the white snake the <laughs> I know you guys talk about it I don't care it has it's, its place it's, 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 I know it's, it's, it was just rock and roll to me I know the production was different at that time sometimes that's, that's, it was excellent but it's, sometimes it's, it's, it's a detraction it's fine exactly it's, a lot of times it was a detraction but at any rate so it, those bands never really grabbed me though like the Ramones did and right. they go hey man put a guitar in your hand it was the Ramones that did that to me so. Now, you saying that was actually kind of interesting because I hear this kind of conversation a lot with KISS fans talking about where was the first time they saw KISS and some people go like the Paul Lynn Halloween special was the first time they were exposed to KISS. So that was like their first image of them. I've actually not heard anyone really go my first real introduction or, you know, first kind of seeing the Ramones was Rock and Roll High School. Yeah. Usually it's the music first and then it's like, oh, yeah, they made a yeah. movie. 
I can't think of really anyone that's really gone. I saw the Ramones because HBO had this movie on. So that being your first visual of the Ramones, once you started digging in and seeing live footage and actually hearing the records, how much of your perception of the band changed? Because when Cap and I watched it recently, that was very goofy and comic yeah, it booky. Was. Yeah, it was very. That was it totally what the Ramones were so that's kind of a different like yeah, visual to start with honestly that visual has kind of hung with me this whole time because yeah. they kind of were like a comic book in a way you right. know the Spider-Man video they were cartoon they did characters they were cartoon characters mm -hmm. the Ramones that's kind of what they were they were live action cartoon characters in a way I just funny you mentioned that because my introduction to the Ramones or at least how they first came on my radar as a kid was Space Goes Coast to Coast Yeah, oh. I shit you not <laughs> <laughs> they actually uh, I think that's one of the bonus features if you get like Ramones Raw yeah, or something they, yeah. they have that whole bit in there right because they were already in a cartoon and that's how I saw them for the longest time until I actually sat down with the music and got into it Yeah, and then actually it's kind of funny because we've gone down this rabbit hole a little bit you're, you're totally right. The Ramones were kind of like cartoon characters, and I find it very funny that part of the thing that was cartoon character-y about them was they all had the ripped jeans and mm -hmm. the leather jackets, and people like saying Chucks, but if you're an actual Ramones fan, you'll realize they never really wore Chucks. Yeah. It was Nikes a lot of the time. Um, oh. Or the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> school, it wasn't... Or not, what's the one with the three lines on it? New Balance, something uh, like Adidas? that? Adidas? Adidas yeah, yeah Adid or Adidas. It was whatever the cheaper shoe was at the time. Uh, Johnny is actually like fucking sporting it on the subterranean jungle album cover. It's yeah. like fucking bold right there in the front. <laughs> it's almost like a sponsorship. But um, that was their kind of comic book thing. But then they were kind of like the leaders of the punk rockers. And the punk rockers were supposed to be anti conformity. And the Ramones were wearing basically a costume. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, I'm going to form my own identity. Now I want to sniff some glue. <laughs> So I do find that funny because it's like I, Cap and I have kind of struggled with that, you know, being a bit more in the rock and roll thing where, you know, you do put a little bit of thought into what, you know, you're aware. But it's like I quickly realized I was like, I'm spending no more time doing this than the punk rocker does styling up his mohawk yeah, before exactly. going oh, out yeah. to the milestone. Yeah. <laughs> it's all perception. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I think we said, you know, I, I, I'm somehow somewhere between punk and metal, just some mm -hmm. kind of mesh, you know, it's. I like it all. You know? I think that's kind of Charlotte in general. I, I feel that Charlotte does have yeah. definitely a heavier background when it comes to the local scene and the music. Absolutely, in like I've told Alex before. Like I hear people tell stories about you know death metal bands from North Carolina here more than anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think the def, the Carolinas definitely come you know from a heavier kind of background, even from the punk. Even even the punk is heavier, the metal's heavier. Oh, yeah. yeah, even the rock and roll that comes out, it's like it's just a yeah. heavy driving kind of beat. So it's like I think I think that may be one thing that you know when when people go back in the history books and start recognizing these little footnotes of rock and roll and realizing how important they actually are. Oh, yeah. North Carolina in the end will be known for having some heavy hard hitting shit that wakes yeah. some people up and gets some. Driving a little quick. <laughs> it was a big hardcore scene in the '80s, though, wasn't it? I really wasn't around the '80s. It was. Uh, I started coming to Charlotte to buy records and comic books when I was like 17, so about 91. Oh, okay. I discovered the Milestone at that time, and so the, my introduction was right at 91, right when like alternative grunge was coming in. Yeah. So right. Yeah, there, there was late, there was a late, lot of that at that time. time, and then then the punk rock started to. I started to find the punk rock in this area too. 
but a lot of the first bands I saw were more you'd consider more like alternative type bands. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So just yeah. whatever was trendy at the time. Yeah, yeah well, Charlotte did go through a little bit of a uh, shoegazer nineties uh, indie phase when gotcha. but when when the grunt when grunge happened. When there, Charlotte did get a little bit shoegazy for a minute, but it it, qu it quickly corrected itself. <laughs> and there were there were some good bands back there. I mean, it definitely. Oh, absolutely. Me. I, I wasn't saying that also. negatively. I was yeah. just, <laughs> and there were some good there were some good punk bands back then too. Like the first band I saw was a band out of Rock Hill called Tonka. I just went out there oh, randomly yeah, on a yeah, Sunday yeah. night. Talk. They had a matinee show. I saw that it was all ages. Mm -hmm. Hey, I can go see this. Talk my parents into letting me drive from Kings Mountain to Charlotte to go to a club to hang out <laughs> to see some bands on a Sunday night. Nice. And I was hooked. And I was out there every weekend after that. I really wish that kind of thing would change some because it's like it really feels like, you know, local shows are events now. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's more people. I wish it, and I'm guilty of it too, but I, it's mainly because I still just don't have a car because I'm fucking. It's, take public transit everywhere That's and I don't feel like spending 15 bucks just to get home from the milestone after spending oh, yeah, all the yeah, other yeah. money to do all the other shit so it's yeah. like I love you but <laughs> but but at the same time it's like I do genuinely wish that and I think that if maybe the culture was like that a little bit more even people like me would feel a little bit more you know enlightened to go out and do that a bit more if you just knew that every weekend your buddies were going to be at a venue yeah. you know well it's a lot easier when you're younger too and, and you yeah. know everybody when when i say younger at this point we were in our early 20s so even by the time we were in our late 20s it got harder to do and we even took a break for a little while as yeah. the accidents then after we played for a little bit me and eric took a break for like seven years oh, wow. playing just because life happened yeah right you know? um and so now I'm back to the point where I can get out a little bit more often, mm -hmm. but I still don't get out as much as I'd like to. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard when I live, you know, 45 minutes down the road. I think right. uh, for some reason back then it was a lot more people into rock and roll and stuff. And I just think there's only like, there's um, there's so much media out there all the time now that rock and roll and punk and metal is not attracting as many people who want, you know, I don't think I might yeah. be wrong. No, I, that's metal totally anyway, valid. But, but I, I think for bands like we have, you know, it's just a back in the day there would have been a lot more people yeah. coming out. <clears throat> yeah, it seems like there were the, the the music scene had a lot more fans mm -hmm. back during that time period. So I know things are cyclical, so I expect it'll come back eventually. Right. But the, the thing 90s, about right crazy. now, I mean, it was there would be somebody at Tremont or the Milestone or who whatever what was thirteen thirteen mm -hmm. like yeah. there's always somebody that you wanted to see playing almost, you know, every weekend. It yeah. Like local or. Yeah. Or a national would come through quite a bit or like every other weekend. That's just one thing that, uh, we're missing over here nowadays. It's a lot of decent nationals, at least that I'm into. Yeah, I mean, to back, get me out of the house and stuff like that too. Mm -hmm. Back then we had bands like Zeke came through pretty regularly. Yeah. Super suckers came through a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Uh, we got to open up for our, your speed dealer. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, and so that, that was that was also the the time we got to open up for the Ramon for oh. uh, Marky Ramon and, and oh, Los so so yeah. I thought you were legit about to say we opened up for Ario Speedway. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, tell me that story. <laughs> How did that come? No, but what, a misunderstanding one time, here, sir. <laughs> one time I was backstage at a docking concert, and I was nice. wearing my Ario Speed Dealer shirt, and a guy from a radio station was like, "Hey, man, that's a nice Ario Speedwagon shirt." I said, <laughs> I said "No, actually, it says Ario Speed Dealer." He's like. Oh, and he oh, turned around and walked no. away. Ah. <laughs> and then he made out with Don Duncan. <laughs> Dream Warriors! <laughs> I love it, though. Oh, man. Uh, no, I'm having a great time with you guys. I, I, I hate it's taking so long to actually get you guys in, but it's just exactly what you were saying. Just life getting in yeah. the way and everything else. It's like, whew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, for, thanks for having us. Oh, of course. 
uh, the CD is coming out. What is next for you guys? Um, I always have to ask that because I we all work in that same mind yeah, frame. It's like you just got something out that means something else is already in work. We if you don't want to talk media. about it, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't have any solid plans. Just we're going to try to record maybe Octoberish. Right. Um, like I said, I think we're going to do a cassette with one of my buddies from high school. Nice. Um, Y'all gonna stay uh, in Charlotte, Gastonia, just the the area. Y'all gonna get out a little bit more. We, or, we'd uh, like to start we playing out of town a little bit more, but right now, for the most part, we'll be playing Charlotte, Gastonia. Yeah, yeah. The next thing we have lined up that we can announce is September twenty eighth. Nice, just a long way away, but with the Menders and Dead Regions, it'll be their first show. Where's that gonna be? At? Um, that will be at Tommy's Pub. Excellent. Um, Sweet. But we um, we'll have to get you guys playing Gastonia sometime. With yeah, we definitely yes. want to do that. I was gonna say we played Gastonia a few yeah. times. We played. I played Freeman's with Biggie, uh, but we okay. played we the played. place that was next to yeah. it that yeah. Johnny ran for a little bit, or he worked in oh, the yeah, kitchen I for. That, I was at that show. It wasn't very... What, no, <laughs> there wasn't no, a lot. No, 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 that's not... That's not I mean, no. That venue if just kind of came and went. It'll be yeah, a lot was, better. They look, didn't really know what they were doing there, I don't think. Not really, but that, <laughs> I remember, actually, that was us, No Power, No Crown, Yeah, and I want to say Sticky Bandits were on that bill also. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that little spot, but just again, they just need you know better promotion for yeah. it. And I, I, I saw a lot of potential there. It's just I wish they had nice more space. Yeah, it was a nice space, good sound. Mm-hmm. I thought, but I just couldn't. I think they charged a little too much, maybe at the especially door. for the area. Yeah, you have to understand your area. Oh yeah. If that was in Charlotte, and you know, I think it was like ten dollar door or something mm-hmm. like that. If that was in Charlotte, a ten dollar door wouldn't have been an issue because it's like milestone is anywhere between you know five to eight. You yeah, know, depending yeah. on the night, yeah. was two extra dollars for a really big venue. You'd pay ten dollars at oh, Tremont. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like that would have worked there. And Gastonia, you gotta give them five bucks for free. You know, it's like you know, you, you just want people out. You want them having a good time. It's like it's not about your door money. I understand the venue owner's got to operate, but if you get more people in the door and you got a good bar, you're hopefully gonna make it up through your bar. Exactly. So it's like yeah, that's yeah. isn't that your main goal? It's like you're a bar, so you know you want sell beer get more people in to buy the beer (laughs) and especially you know bands like us it's like you know if we play freemans it's like give two shits we just want to play and have a good time it's like again we're not doing this for the money if we were we wouldn't be playing rock and roll and punk rock and metal it's like we'd be figuring out what's selling rap sweet i got this we we played a vape shop in taylorsville north carolina last night we don't care we will play anywhere i would like to actually play some more places that like aren't like i don't have anything just playing at night because that's when rock and roll happens of course but I like, you know, like when the things they're doing at Repo and uh, we played at Petra's one time. It was mm-hmm. like seven o'clock and it it's not hugely crowded, you know, ever anyway, but it's nice for us old people, you know. And Look, man, I'm right with you. Bring your family with you and stuff. It's I like Petra's. Gigi's not playing or something, right. you know. <laughs> I, li- I like Petra's, but it's a tiny room and a rock and roll band is super loud in there. That's true. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But man, I am right with you. And this is no fault to any promoters listening. I love you guys. You do such an amazing job. But goddamn, every single show does not have to be a fucking festival. Oh, yeah. I love oh, shit. I love a three-band bill. Yeah, You've got yeah. a good opener, oh, yeah. a strong middle, but by the time the headliner comes on, people are still wanting music. They're not fatigued. Yeah. Head, headliner doesn't mean anything. That's just a term for who's playing last. Exactly. You know? there's I call no, it deadlining. There's, there's no prestige Nobody in that. No, it. well, it's like that. It's not even that nobody even really wants it. There's been times we've looked at our set and went, "Well, we actually want to play a lot, so yeah, we'll play last because yeah, we yeah. want to play a lot." It really just comes down to how long of a set do you want to play? Yeah, that's you the way know? I look at it most of the time. Exactly. It's like if you want to play a shorter 
set list? Sweet, we'll open tonight. You know, it's like, or hey, we actually have new material. We want to play a lot. Hey, let us headline. We've got a lot of shit to show off. Mm -hmm. That's about it. There's no ego behind it. There's no, where are we on the set? It's, where are we on the set so we know when to load in? (laughs) Or did Jeff Clayton call them uh, punk rock pajama parties? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since he referred to that, it's like anytime I book shows, I I usually do four bands because it just works out better. But... If I had that sort of thing like Clayton does, I would not be doing what he calls the punk rock pajama party where the fucking headliner goes on at one o'clock at yeah. night. No oh, one yeah, wants yeah. that. Nope. Not even me. I am in my 20s. I don't want to play <laughs> yeah. that We've late. We've done that a lot. <laughs> it's like, we don't even want to play that late. It's like, no one does. So it's not even us going, we don't want to do it. Someone else do it. Let's have no one do it. <laughs> and guess what? Fully we, endorse this. Yes. And it's like, and guess what? If... There's not a whole like night's worth of music playing and people don't feel too fatigued. Guess what? They're going to do what they do anyway when the other bands are playing and step outside and smoke and drink anyway. So yeah. it's not like they're going to leave, yeah. play the music, get people dancing. They're still going to hang around and drink because of what they do anyway. Yeah. So it's like, shit, it works out better for everyone. Now yeah. you can actually hear each other when you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> you saw the bands you wanted to hear. It was fucking 12 o'clock and they're done. Pump some music. Let's drink and have a good time, yeah. y'all. <laughs> and then everyone's free to go. You don't have to be the dick of going, Going, sorry to have to miss your set, guys. It's yeah, like, it's sure. okay. I understand. I'd be leaving too, but I got a job to do. <laughs> yeah. I like walking up to people and, like, I know didn't play that night and be like, good set, man. Good set, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it might happen. Anybody out there that hears this, it's going to happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> See, there's, I can get that one, but there are some people that will be so genuine about it. And they're like, great set tonight. I'm like, what? They're like, good job tonight. I'm like, I didn't play. They're like, yeah, you did. Yeah. And like, argue with me I'm like fucker I think I would know (laughs) Uh, actually I I know I said one more thing like five times but saying that reminded me what's probably the craziest or funniest experience you've had and and I'll I'll use the word fan but someone you've never met before coming up to you saying good show or whatnot what's probably the weirdest experience you've had with that throughout all these years of playing Hmm, hmm, that's a good question as I know you've had to, I'll, I'll, if while you're thinking, I'll go ahead and share mine. Is I know we've talked about it on the show maybe once. I'll give just a British one. First time playing the milestone, we're stepping outside, oh. patting each other on the backs, feeling all good about it. This is before me. This guy comes out in like a fucking fisherman's hat, like um, it wasn't a polo shirt, like one of those Hawaiian kind of palm tree shirts, shorts straggly looking hair, unkept beard. He comes waltzing on over to us. He looks me up and down. He goes, "Is your name Willie?" <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, it's it's stiff. Great to meet you. And then shook his hand. He, goes, and he starts talking about the show, and we just finished playing. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's our first show. You know, thanks for coming out. I'm glad you enjoyed it. You know, sitting there. Yeah. Then he starts going on like this, like spaced out diatribe of just talking all this gibberish. And the only thing I can really remember, he goes. And man, there's there's some pretty looking girls here tonight. I tell you, <laughs> just man, and I I ain't never been an alligator all my life. But if I was, I'd eat them right up. Mm. <laughs> well, I'll see you later, Willie. And then he turns around and walks away. <laughs> My name's not Willie. <laughs> well, so was that Bill Flowers? Or- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, that's good. I like that one. <laughs> I honestly don't think I can top that, especially with Eric's response there at the end. <laughs> I, I can't think of anybody that's, like came up and been like, you know, Recently, when we played last weekend, uh, Roger, this guy we've known forever, Roger Raymer, he was he was telling me how much he liked us playing. It, it really 
he's been like, you know, he's probably a good 10 years older than me. So he's been around for years, you know, it's, he's been, been to music for a long time. And, uh, his, uh, coming from him, his compliments were really cool. I mean, it compliments good from anybody. Right. But like, if it comes from one of your, somebody you consider a peer or something like, Oh yeah. You know, like if one of you guys say something nice and God damn you better. <laughs> Look, that's why I made sure to like even let you talk about how much riffage I enjoyed on this because exactly. no, that, that because especially coming from a musician, it's like I can tell, I can hear the certain little things coming through on that, and it's like and I noticed that, and I just wanted to make sure and just really put that forward that the songwriting on this and the riffage and the way it's constructed just. Ext- it was a lot, and I don't say this negatively, it's mainly from me being such a everything sucks kind of guy. It's like, it surprised me with how good it wound oh, up being. You. And like I said, I don't awesome. mean that negatively. That's a, I, I don't like a good 90% of anything that comes out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. that's, that's where it comes from. It was the, oh. <laughs> we, we like to think it's, it doesn't sound like a lot of people. It's kind of it's pretty very original. You. It's a lot of stuff that's not that original thrown together to make to sound original. It and sounds like Van Huskins. Yeah. And that's why we like it. And <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons that I really noticed that is, you know, that's something that we've kind of also tried to do is I can't say, okay, Van Huskins is a metal band. I can't say they're a punk band. I can't say they're a rock band. You are the Van Huskins. And we've kind of carefully, what you were saying, a bunch of unoriginal shit compiled together to create mm-hmm. something original. We do that all the time. We'll hear a little break in a song, and it's like, ooh, let's implement that break with a different riff. You know, so it's like it will pull from different things we like, and that that may be a metal break or that hell, that that drum beat may technically be a disco beat. But hell guess yeah. what? We're putting something heavy on top of it, so that works with that, and it just sounds heavy and really awesome. But you never know that that came from a fucking, you know, oh, disco yeah. song oh, yeah. that I was listening to on the car ride over to this uh, show going, ooh, dig 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 on top of it. <laughs> and what y'all were talking about earlier, Super Suckers, on their second to the last record, they covered a Depeche Mode song. Oh, did yeah. they? Yes, Damn. they covered Never Let Me Down Again. <laughs> a lot of rock bands covered Depeche Mode. It's great. <laughs> we actually considered doing Depeche Mode for a Halloween show last year. But really? just decided not to. Oh, man. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, well, then I'll, I'll throw this out. I, I had it as a high idea one time. <laughs> I'm starting to coin that one. I still don't know if it's a good idea, but it was definitely a high idea. Uh, on the idea of cover. Depeche Mode, there's one of the songs, I can't remember the name of it now, I have to pull it up, but there actually is one that was listening to the beat and the bass rhythm to it going, ah, we could maybe do this. <laughs> ben, Ben's really the one that's a fan, but when I listened to some of the songs, there were a few I, I kind of liked by them. Yeah. And when I listened to the ones that he, he told me about, I was like, hey, we could probably do this, but we ultimately just decided to do Screeching Weasel and then regretted See, it. See, I loved the whole that time. set. That I mean, was, was so much fun. It was a good set. Um, it's just hard to play those songs. It's hard to sing those songs. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Gosh, yeah he, ha- he, has a, he also has a very high register to yeah. his voice. Yeah. So I did it the best I could. We did it the best we could. It, just, it, was, it, was, it was tough. Yeah. No. Every, every time we've done one of those Halloween shows, we usually take one or two songs from each set and incorporate it into our sets. Right. We didn't. Do that. <laughs> like, well, those songs were not fun to play. <laughs> no, I found the song was Policy of Truth. I don't know if you know that one or not. Okay, but, that's a good one. Yeah, but but that little boom, <laughs> bam, boom, da, 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 
boom, boom. It's like I was hearing like, okay, we can make it more funk. Have oh, Mikey yeah. be, and have like a heavy bass line to it. You know, have I will, Mikey be super crunchy with the riff. I'm like, I will we not can slap maybe. it. <laughs> <laughs> slap that bass, motherfucker. <laughs> I did not do that. <laughs> slap it the bass. So no, we're we're always trying to think of some weird shit to cover like that and talking about vocal range. Everyone asks every year. It's like, why haven't you done Kiss for the Halloween special? It's like, why do you think <laughs> everybody does Kiss in some town? Ta- in not every just town, that. Well, I'm not Paul Stanley. <laughs> not many that, people that was, are, man. Not many people are. Another one of my ideas was to do Kiss, but we were only going to do like um, yeah. lick it up and have a fire. Oh my god! Because I know you. I know how you guys feel about that stuff. I love that stuff. Oh, See, like, I, that I will I like. say this though: if you ever did that. Learn Turn On The Night and I'll sing that one. Because <laughs> that is the only 80s Kiss song that's so bubblegum and so pop yeah. that I'll listen to it and go, you know, this was actually kind of good. <laughs> so I don't hate certain songs. <laughs> I could make an EP out of 80s Kiss material. Yeah. I, I understand. Crazy it's not for everybody. Shit like that. That's boring. But I like, like Lick It Up and like um, Heaven's On Fire. Heaven's On Fire is a good uh, one. Yeah, I, I like Heaven's On Fire from a live three. Okay. I think they beefed it up some, and I was like, okay, this, this rocks. I like That's this. That's a fun now. song it's to weird. play, too. I've learned that one. I mean, that one might actually make it interesting. <laughs> Tears are falling. Tears are falling. Tears yeah, are falling. It's weird. If any of those came on like a, a generic classic rock radio station, I wouldn't skip it because you don't hear it all that much. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's like, oh, it's not Def Leppard again? Awesome. <laughs> it's, it's a Van Halen ripoff. <laughs> That was Van Hagar ripoff at that point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, speaking of shit we wouldn't skip, I think it's about time for us to dig on into our Spotify playlists and figure out what the hell we've been listening to. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Captain Nunn, what you been listening to, sir? I've been listening to the second album by Lucifer, simply called Lucifer 2. It's like Led Zeppelin 2, but Lucifer. And Danzig 2. And, yeah. <laughs> so they, yeah. So there are a lot of bands with D-O-2? Two. Anyway. No, I think wasn't there a Do2? No, I think Dio just had uh, Holy Diver, and the second album was, second album was uh, Last in Line. Okay, Thank I could swear right. I, I for some reason I see in my head a do and then like the Roman numeral. Two. A lot of bands did that. Ignore though. me, I didn't watch any of that. <laughs> anyway. Ben Huskin skipped two, but we did a three. Ah, nice. Three. <laughs> there you three. go. That was, that was our third one. <laughs> I dig that. <laughs> um, but I've been listening to Lucifer Two. If uh, you don't know who that is, that is a band out of Sweden with uh, Nick Anderson of Helicopters fame on drums, and his wife does the lead vocals and the basses for Dead Lord, who I've showed you. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a few stuff from he plays lead guitar on all this that was the one you kept swearing over and over sound like um um uh black sabbath with different vocals and i listened to it i was like i don't hear that at oh that's all. great oh that was kind of graveyard with oh, graveyard okay. it was like with the drums and okay, stuff the bulk with the riffage for uh, lucifer is pretty sabbathy even down to like the guitar tones and stuff like that yeah so i was looking forward to that and you played it for me i was like this is not sabbath fucker you have me excited no, over Luc- no lucifer is sabbath riffy as fuck all right all right no you would like lucifer a lot and nick anderson is a Pretty damn good drummer too, as it turns out. He's just one of the more prolific musicians, fucking I, ever. I just, I just, don't, I don't is know. The, oh, is that I, the guy who played Entombed as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hey, have you checked out the helicopters? Yeah, I saw him in uh, Tremont years ago. Oh, no word. shit! Yeah. Oh wow. Like in the 
90s, I guess. I was way drunk, so I bet it was, it was, it was, <laughs> that was a great show. Because I wandered oh, backstage, kind of, and they're like, what the fuck's that guy doing? In <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's 70s uh, Sabbath me, uh, metal, quote-unquote. I use that term loosely for like that period of the 70s. But uh, it's great material, definitely. And the whole album's fucking good, too. I think all of y'all would like it. Excellent. Well, Mike, what you been listening to? This is actually on Spotify, but I've been digging into a band called uh, Takeified. Which ah, is, yes. uh, is it on Spotify now? Is it no, now? It's, no, it's not on oh, Spotify. Okay, okay, not on okay, Spotify. Yes. Uh, but that's what I've been listening to in my car lately. Mm-hmm, it's uh, mm-hmm. someone we were talking about earlier, Sir Barry Hannibal. Yes. One of his projects with John Bowman. And uh, Steve, Steve Winsel. Winsel. Yep. yep. Uh, both both of the CDs are great. I just picked up the first one at Repo last oh, week. Oh, okay. God, uh, I, I love had the, the second first one. one. I, think, I think you can still get the second one from Mystery School Records. Yeah, you can. Um, but if you want to check it out, you can go on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And there's a few songs on there. And they also have a uh, Reverb Nation. Yeah. Also. Oh, yeah, yeah. Reverb Nation. And uh, Act Somebody. That song, that song is like it's like Nazareth doing a rap song. It's yep, right? Yeah, right. I love it. It's it's it's, it's wow. genius. That, that is accurate. Genius. John told me that was very much as all Barry's doing. Like, yeah. like, yeah, that's that makes sense. I really like that first record though, because Act Somebody. I think that was on the second. Was on the second yeah. One, yeah, yeah. That first record though, I, I will say, because uh, we've actually put a lot of those songs at the end of these episodes. Yeah. Um, that album was a huge inspiration for when the fill-ins first started up over here. Just yeah. with that oh, whole yeah. attack and everything. So it's like I I fully endorse that record that's one of my favorite ones from like rock and roll and the fun actually give you a little bit of history on that a lot of those songs was supposed to be the next Dead Kings record. Yeah. Uh, stuff like uh, Rock and Roll's Not For You, Live or Die, which that had a, a single release. Uh, so that was just re-recorded for that. Um, 7734. 7734 Grandma yeah. did this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and there was another one that... It was the one that Doug Knipe sang. Do I make you Chris? Do I make you smile? <laughs> I forget the name of the song, uh, but that song, the riffage for that was also supposed to be a Dead Kings song, and yeah. then they just threw in a couple extra covers. So that's fun little background on that. That was the Dead Kings album that never was. <laughs> yeah, I just discovered it recently. John turned me on to the, the, oh, yeah. the second one, then I found the first one at Repo, and that's just they just stay in my yeah, car. I love, awesome. I love those records. Steve is such an amazing guitarist, and, yeah. and he's one of those fuckers that annoys me because I've heard him talk about this before. He's one of those lead guitarists that will play something and you're like cool play it again he goes i, I can't <laughs> uh, i hate those kind of guitar soloists it's uh, like fucker if you're good please remember what you played because i'm one of those people that have demoitis where it's like i hear the demo and i'm like i want it to be like this yeah you gotta play that yeah. solo like you did on the fucking demo dude <laughs> well eric what you've been listening to man um, I'm mostly like a lot of uh, black metal. And, All right. You know, and, and, <laughs> Educate us, sir, because I am completely um, green. Um, I, there's a band called Kralis who are... Uh, okay, I don't know them. They're a more of a... I guess they call it more of an avant-garde black metal, artsy kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just a lot of weird textures and impossible, like, you know, speeds and musicianship. Right. They have a little bit of a Voivod influence sometimes. Okay. But it's like blazing fast and then all the rhythms are like, you know, some kind of, you know, five eight tempo and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, Super drop tuning. It's not it's not really like Mashuga. It's more oh, shit. It's more just like real fast and screamy and I don't know. I can't. Aggressive. I'm horrible at this. But the, <laughs> the tempos are predetermined. It's not like old black metal shit where it's just like, let's just get in the fucking barn and hit record because for the sake <laughs> of sounding like recording yeah, it's, in a it's barn. It's more artsy, I'd say. You know, gotcha. Artsy. But the, I like that. I've been. There's more substance to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like. I love a lot of that shit too. I've always been more fascinated by the lore of black yeah, metal. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, there's like, I'm sure if I spent more time with it, I could pick out, you know, favorite bands and stuff mm-hmm. like that in it too. But I've always been fascinated by the lore and it pulls me into the music every now yeah, and then. Yeah, yeah. I like a lot of it because a lot of the, the, a lot of the stuff, the real basic kind of stuff is really like a punk, you know, it's, right. it's just a dark punk. It's a, you know, it's metal punk, but it's not like, you know, how DRI and it was all like on, that did it. It was it's, all on purpose too. Yeah. And it, it was I like Celtic Frost, you know, even though right. it's not really black metal, but I don't it know. It came up just... like before all that really took off too, didn't it? Well, yeah, it took it off like, you know, in the news and all that. Yeah. A lot of, I guess, like what Venom were doing, you know. Was right. Kind of like, it's a rock and roll black metal. I think there's some bands still doing that, you know, a little bit. I think Amon Marth kind of does that. Yeah, they're they're more of a death metal Viking, but I could go. I could go. I'm You're sorry, probably more well versed in that than I am. Oh, no, see, but that's what I love about. It. I love hearing people just nerd out about the stuff that they like. It's something yeah. good for you. Damn it. Yeah. Hey, there you, you go. Hey, <laughs> say. it's contractually obligated. I have to find a way to work it in at least one episode. <laughs> so no, that's why you saw me shut up. I love hearing people just go on about the kind of music they like. You never have to apologize for that stuff. Awesome. Clearly, you didn't hear the two and a half hour Mad Brother Ward one where he would just go off. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might have been the first episode I listened to. Well, there you go. Awesome. So no, trust me. We like when people go in the deep yeah. dives and just talk nerdy on the stuff they like. Don't worry about that. I had one, but then I realized I probably mentioned it before, so I had to quickly find another that I was listening to. <laughs> I was I was going to uh, pimp Fast Eddie again, because I, I genuinely have been listening to uh, that last uh, EP of theirs, Two for I, One. That's coming out on an official physical release yes spaghetti town records is going to be releasing those two songs with another song i think they also recorded with tuck i think they went in and recorded one more song so they're going to be releasing all that through spaghetti town but outside of that i've actually been re-listening to the dwarves invented rock and roll that was their second to the last album that came out in 2014 and i thoroughly enjoyed it because the stuff that they had before they've they've always been a kind of experimental ever since like come clean adding like some synthesizer kind of things this that and the other and the album before that was the dwarves are born again and that still kind of had some weird elements to it it felt like invented rock and roll was kind of a back to form thing there was a little bit more of a classic dwarves feel over the entire record there was still some poppy stuff like trailer trash kings of the world which are two of my favorites and the last track anything you want which could have been a beach boy song <laughs> so it's like you know but then they've got like super heavy stuff in there like gentleman blag you know uh fiction shit like that and just to me this is one of those that i can basically put on front to back kind of looking at the track listing and just i might skip the second song i love you oliveri <laughs> but i get tired of hearing you just scream over just random chords the entire time there's always like 18 <laughs> songs that are like a minute 30 seconds yeah so it's like aside from the songs where you can clearly tell it was meant to be filler this this album to me was just perfect front to back and talking about with your you know monumental things of being able you know play for any scene you know that being something like that it's like when when we finally got to do that uh richie ramon dwarf show it's like yeah after that yeah, yeah. that was kind of one of those where i was like all right I don't care about any other openers we get. I'm solid. It's like cool. Any we got it's one like, of them. Yeah, it's like that was that was one of my big ones. It's like outside of that, I'm not fishing. I'm not struggling anymore. So I get to put that little check mark down. Anything that happens after that, fine. It's yeah, like, yeah. I, I got my moment. Thank you. It won't ever happen again. I will hold on to that forever. Thank you very much. <laughs> we, were, we were lucky enough to have a few of those moments. So I, I never take that for granted. Yeah. What, would, what would you say a few more years were? Uh, like the playing playing the anti scene we talked yeah. about. Uh, playing with. Uh, um, no, C.J. Ramon, not Marky Ramon. I said Marky Ramon earlier. C.J. Ramon. C.J. Yeah. Um, awesome. He is the man. We got to play with the Groovy Ghoulies. That was, Ooh, that was big. Archers cool. of Loaf, just from a North Carolina standpoint. That yeah, was yeah. a nice show. That was um, 
just we we got we we got some good shows back in the day that was that was and i think that's a term of how much quality you guys produce and i think part of the reason for that is because of your friendship it shows through the music and that's one of the things that we've always tried to put across too is like again we have to do this so we want people to have fun with us and Mm -hmm. i can say that as a number one fact that every time i see you guys play i have fun because i can see you guys having fun on stage too i appreciate it and as long as we're all having fun we're going to keep on doing this (laughs) (laughs) well this has been i've had a fantastic time doing this um we keep telling people they need to come back but we've barely had anyone back so we do need to start cycling through people but we will have <laughs> you just fine gentlemen back at some point because because oh, yeah, awesome. again talking about new recordings we always like promoting our friends and you guys are dear friends of ours so stay tuned for a little bit more from this record at the end of the episode um by the time this episode is coming out, we'll be on our way to West Virginia. Yep. Uh, we will be in West Virginia by the time this show comes out with the debut of Superjet with Satanic Panic and Mama Tequila at the Rim. And then the following weekend after that is the Fireball Sweat Party, sweat at, party. at the Milestone. <laughs> and it's going to be... Get ready to get sweaty. If it's, if it's anything like it's been these past few weeks, within five minutes of the yeah. doors opening, it's going to be a sweat party. Oh, night long. Oh, night long. It'll be a fun sweat party. <laughs> Shirts are coming off. Someone's getting pregnant that night. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> somebody's getting pregnant. Somebody's catching an STD. Somebody's dead. I don't know. Just well, a, hopefully not. Just another night at the milestone. <laughs> Delightfully gross. <laughs> well, Cap, do you have an outro for us? Yeah, I have an Outlaw Country song on Spotify. Kelsey Ryan Ben. Uh, song's about whiskey. Check it out. And you are horrible because I was waiting this entire episode for you to say something about that. I, you have I not graduated. You. you have not graduated. It's not my band. You have not graduated from the Stiff School of Marketing, and I am very disappointed I'm in you, sir. Back. Follow me on Facebook. There you go. Damn it! You didn't even give your handle. <laughs> At Jimmy the Weed on Instagram. <laughs> and you can follow us at something GFY across all the platforms, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. See ya, fuckers! <laughs>
This has been another amazing production from the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.